What's going on, guys, and welcome to Convos with God, where I talk with spiritual leaders about how to connect with God on the most intimate level to break strongholds over your life and live out your best life. Faith is something we can't see, we can't hear, and we can't feel. But without it, it seems as if though we have nothing. I'm on a journey to have conversations with the most spiritually sound people in the world to understand how to become your highest self. On this episode, I sit down with Nathan Taylor, singer-songwriter, worship leader, and lead pastor at The Collective. I visited The Collective in South Florida about a month ago and was blown away by how the spirit was moving throughout the place. The worship was so unique and the message Nathan preached was engaging, powerful, and so well received by everyone. I was captivated by the energy throughout The Collective and left hungry for more. There's something really special going on here. Nathan plays such an influential role here at The Collective. Well, he created it. From worship leader to lead pastor, Nathan cultivates a space for everyone to encounter the living word of God. I appreciate him taking the time to sit down with me to talk about his mission. It's one we can all benefit listening to. We have a short conversation before the interview starts, but I thought I had some great insight and wanted to leave it in here for you. So without further ado, please welcome the man of the hour, the man on a mission, Nathan Taylor. People have that as their Instagram bio, you know, people like abide by that and they're like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be still. But it's like being still and doing nothing are completely different things. Mm. They, uh, they'll, they'll take that statement of be still and they won't put their hands to the plow. You know, yeah, they yeah, won't, they won't cast their nets and stuff. And it's like, um, with Jesus, it's, it's, it's a dance, you know, sometimes, yeah, you do need to stop you need to shut down and you need to let him do what he's gonna do um, but a lot of the times and, and honestly most of the time um, he wants us to step out in our faith and just kind of put our hands to something you know because at the end of the day the dreams that are in our heart that we pursue he put there it's when we start pursuing those dreams with the wrong motive mm. for us selfishly that then we really get ourselves stuck um, we we were never supposed to pray prayers like God, I lay my dreams down. Mm. You know, I, I let go of my dreams. It's because it's like in Psalm, I think it's one thirty nine or one thirty seven. I always confuse the two, but it says, "I formed you, knit you, and made you in your mother's womb." So, if you've got a dream in you that He knit into you, who are you to say, "God, I give this to you"? Like I yeah. I don't want it. Like I lay down my dreams. Like I sacrifice my dreams. It's like God's like what? What are you talking about? I gave that to you. Yeah, it's in your heart now. Build it. Yeah, I want, but I, and, and really, really what the Lord's asking for is he's asking for your motive for the dream. Yeah, he's asking so us to lay down and sacrifice our why. You know, it's when we're doing it for us that we get stuck because at the end of the day, there's two motivators. You know, I say this a lot. There's two motivators. One is selfishness and the other is selflessness. Like the great um, pull you know, between light and darkness, you know, mm -hmm. um, it's to do it for yourself or to do it for others. And sometimes you can even in the name of doing it for others, still be doing it for yourself. Yeah. Like you could say, yeah, I want to start this charity, blah, 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 whatever. It's going to give water to people in Africa and, and have an impure heart or selfish but, intent. 
Yeah, and or and, and it's even like unspoken. Like it could be because you feel like by doing this, you'll finally be worth something. Uh-huh. You feel like you'll finally have value, and it's like you're doing this charity work because you feel that at the end of that road, you'll finally have accomplished something that people can applaud you for. And it was really for your own ego, even though you would have never looked at yourself in the mirror and said that. Yeah. You know. Um, but I feel like when when that when you when your heart is impure, you can feel that internally. You can. You feel the struggle, but we we numb it. Yeah. We numb it with um, being busy or like, oh, I just gotta shake off this doubt. I gotta just shake off this weakness. You know, I gotta push through it, and we yeah, numb it. Actually, it's something so much deeper than that. Yeah. So at the end of the day, man, it's not about like really um god what 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 do you want me to do with my life all the time because that's super important but it's more about like god why am i doing what i'm doing is this for you is this for others or is this actually for me like am i am i starting this church am i a pastor am i a worship leader am i a businessman am i a charity worker like am i this for you and for others or is it for me? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that in there lies the key of actually finding like our real destiny. Yeah. So well, I, what I was saying is like, I love you going out there and, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to just create this. I'm just going to step out and do something about it. Um, because, man, so many people, if we would just step out and, you know, put our hands to that plow and um, do something, yeah, that thing might not be the thing. Mm-hmm. It might not be the thing that carries us through our life, but it might it leads us to the next thing, which leads us to the next thing that eventually you find your thing. Yeah, you know. Yeah, it reminds me. T.D. Jakes had an interview with Steve uh, Steve Furtick like four years ago. I just came across it, and it's a great interview. T.D. Jakes was saying, you know, God didn't give us, God never gave us a table or a chair. Yeah, he gave God us a gave tree. Us a tree. Mm-hmm. And it's up to us, right? To What'd make you a say? table Put your or hands a chair. To the plow. That's so yeah. good. I love that. So yeah, man, there's a level of surrender and there's a level of action, right? Mm-hmm. And there's balancing between the two. Yeah. So, you know, first I want to hear it from you. What is the collective and how did it originate? Well, first of all, I'm, I'm super glad that you had a, um, <clears throat> just a heart moving experience, you know, coming. Uh, that's, that's huge. I mean, at the end of the day, if we weren't impacting people, you know, wouldn't really be worth it. Um, man, the collective is a melting pot of sorts. It's kind of, um, our, as a, as a generation here in in West Palm, South Florida, it's kind of like our stake in the ground, um, towards church unity. You know, Mm. um, Jesus, when he kind of gave us the mission of spreading the good news and making disciples and the great commission, um, you know, it, so much has happened between that moment and where we are in 2020, you know, with churches and church systems the way that it is now. Um, and the way our world looks, right? Yeah, the, the way the world looks, the way we function, you know, it's just so much is, is different. And I feel like in the difference, we can really like, it's that concept of when you tell somebody at the end of the table, um, 
you know, something and you tell them to pass it down and you know, you start with like, hey, mom said the chicken's gonna be done in 20 minutes and it gets to the end of the table and all of a sudden it says like, mom left Publix to go get more chicken. You know, it's like, <laughs> it's like where, where did the message get wrong um, down, down the road yeah. and is it anybody's fault? Not necessarily, we just pass the baton, um, you know, not the best, I guess. So somewhere down the road, man, we started creating denominations. We started building up kingdoms and we started, you know, making other names that really just weren't Jesus. I mean, they weren't necessarily ill-intended, um, but brother and sister and brother and brother and mother and father and um, <clears throat> son and daughter, it, it doesn't matter. They had like feuds with each other, conflicts with each other. And then they ended up just going separate paths. You know, Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together in the same direction unless they agree on the destination? And it's kind of like throughout history, people just couldn't agree on where they were going. So they just created their own path. And then we ended up with Lutherans, Baptists, Methodists, Pentecostals, Elam churches, Charismatic churches, uh, Catholic church, uh, Protestant church, um, and, and the list just goes on. I think Christianity has like 1,000 specific <laughs> denominations, um, which is like grossly more than any other type of religion um, yeah, it's on the planet. Definitely. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's kind of like, it's kind of like, <laughs> I'm reminded of that moment Jesus told the disciples, he's like, can a kingdom a divided against itself stand, you know, it can't. Mm. And he was talking about the enemy, how the enemy wouldn't do that to himself, but it seems like we've bought into that somewhere down the road because now here we are in 2020 and we've got different churches, different denominations, all these types of uh, different things going on. Yeah. And, and we all like, kind of like, yeah, I support you, but I don't, I don't really support you. Like I'm kind of doing my own thing. So, um, having said all that, it was a little bit much, but the collective is kind of like saying, Hey, Jesus was never Baptist. You know, he was Jewish. <laughs> if anything, he just loved, he, he just loved people and he gave us a way to have a relationship with the father person to person. And, um, that's what Christianity was always supposed to be. So the collective, um, has like one purpose to bring Christian believers in the same room to worship Jesus and have a relationship with each other and the Father mm. together um, from different backgrounds, from different ethnicities, different belief systems and paradigms. And we kind of center it on the Bible, you know, doing nothing that's not in the Bible. We, we try to stay as biblical as we can with everything um, and without really leaving that parameter. And but also bringing in the Spirit, Jesus said in John 4. Um, my father is seeking those who worship in spirit and truth. So it's kind of like we want the truth and we want to be grounded on the truth, but we also want the spirit. Yeah. You know, we want both because to have one and not the other is to not have the entire thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's Jesus who is the word of God is also the Holy Spirit. You yeah. know, who they're one and the same and to have one but not the other. To reject one and accept the other is to reject both. You know, that's really good and I have a feeling that's going to come up a little bit later. So I can't do this interview without sharing everyone your Instagram handle. Okay. That kind of goes into what we were just talking about. So your Instagram handle is? Love people always. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in your bio, which I want to say is like your personal mission. Yeah. It says, I live for other people to see Jesus. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So Nathan Taylor, 
why are you so passionate about spreading the good news of the gospel? There is nothing else to talk about. <laughs> I'll tell you, man, um, I know this in the deepest part of me. Our whole life here will be over like that. Mm. It will just be done. And everything that we ch chased and pursued and built that wasn't for him and wasn't for the kingdom will literally turn to dust. It just will not so even... temporary. It just won't even have a, a, a hint, an inkling of a matter mm. on anything. The only thing that will have mattered is how well we loved, how well we forgave, how well we trusted, how well we believed in other people, how well we hoped the best in all things. Mm. Um, and if you, you know, if, if you don't, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm actually pulling these things from first Corinthians 13, where it says love, blah, blah, blah. Love is patient. Love is kind mm -hmm. love. um, it'll matter about how well we do those things. And, uh, for me to show anybody, anything else, whether it's my music or how, how well I can teach something. Um, if it's not to show them Jesus, it's then not eternal, which means that the moment we leave this, um, limited span of existence, it means nothing. So to show people Jesus, to live, to give people, um, every opportunity possible to meet Jesus, um, in any way that is eternal, you know, that lasts forever. Um, and sure, man, there's other things that I, I, I won't enjoy on this life. There are, there's just things I won't enjoy. Like the, the things of the flesh that I want to do. Um, but man, I'm so convinced in my inner being mm. that the joy I will partake in after this is going to be far much superior to the joys of this world. Um, I just have to, oh, you know? Dude. So like if for me, it's not like a, a Christianese thing to say, to love God, to love people, mm -hmm. to, you know, it's the only thing to say. It's the only thing to say. Yeah. Because it even says in First Corinthians 13, it even says words of knowledge, praying in tongues, prophet prophecies, they will all fade into nothing. So literally, they, if they all fade into nothing, and then the next verse says, but one thing remains, and that is love. It says God is love in First John 4. Jesus is God. It's like to, to talk about Jesus, to give people Jesus, is to give and talk about the one thing that is actually eternal. You know? So, dude, I love it, man. I love how uh, convicted you are about the, you know the realness and the realities of this of this life, and you know you can tell from the fruits of your labor. Mm. You know, absolutely. So I was talking to my boss about interviewing you, and you know we were just throwing around. I was telling him who you are, and you know I was like, what would you ask him? You know, and he kind of paused, and he was he was thinking. He was, what would he I would ask him, what would he say to someone who is, and he kind of paused, and I was like, halfway in? He's like, yeah, what would you say to someone, what would he say to someone who's halfway in? Like, I feel like a lot of people feel that way, or feel like they are halfway, halfway in, in, you know? And he gave a beautiful description about, you know, he's like, some, you know, I feel like I'm halfway in the door, but there's something like, I'm just kind of still being pulled back, or, you know, I'm resistant, I still have questions, or, you know... I don't feel like I'm, I'm, I've yielded or I've surrendered fully. Yeah. Well, how would you uh, communicate to one, my boss, or, you know, two people in general who, who feel that way? That are halfway in? Yeah. Man, um, I have such a, um, a place in my heart for people that are halfway in because that was 
me for most of my life. Um, I had this I had this encounter one day when I was 18 that kind of shifted my whole paradigm. Um, that kind of now is why I live the way that I live. And um, I was, you know, as far as everyone else looking from the outside in, I was I was a pretty good quote Christian. You know, I led worship and. I traveled leading worship and then I prayed for people on the streets. I led evangelistic teams and I, I got really good at it, um, at praying for people, at talking with people, almost like having this like cold turkey, like business deal. Mm. And one day I, I prayed for a lot of people. I, I spoke with like a lot of people and um, I get back from doing that and I'm sitting down on this piano. And I'm just thanking the Lord for all the people that like I got to mm-hmm. talk to and pray with and then I saw get healed from like back pain and headaches and like all this stuff. And he just like said to me one thing and it was like his heart was broken when he said it but at the same time in so much love. Um, and I felt it all at once. He said, Nathan, do you remember anybody's name that you prayed for? Mm. And I was like... And I literally like like looking at a deck of cards being like sprawled out in front of me. I real I saw every person I prayed for that I spoke with that day, and I like in a split second went through every conversation. Um, like you know how your brain can do that, and um, like da 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 da. And I I realized in no conversation did I really ask anybody what their name was, because I didn't care. And 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 then the Lord just He said to me after watching me go through that for the moment, He said. Nathan, why do you do this? Do you do this because I love them or because you just want to see people get healed? And I, and I realized, like, oh, wow, I do this because I get this, this high from it. Mm. You know, I get this, like, moment of, like, energy from this satisfaction. Mm. And it's like, oh, you know, it ruined me. I got ruined. Um... And it kind of created a new sense of purpose in me. But I'll tell you this, the satisfaction that I used to get from praying for people and, you know, just going after like these specific things, right, that, that made me excited. Mm. Those, those satisfactions, they like sustained me. But then I had to make a choice to literally choose to be um, who I always said that I was, but choose to be this person uh, without the satisfaction like will I actually like put myself in a position where I love you enough to let you speak you know and, and ask your name and remember your name mm-hmm. and um, not pray for you in that moment just let you be speak you. just be with you um, and not be satisfied because there's this part of me that just wants to do this you know and be satisfied um, and and I started needing to choose who I was going to be irregard- like irregardless of the satisfaction. So fast forwarding to now, you know, I've met a lot of people that are like half in, half out. And a lot of the times it's really because they are satisfied still with other things. Mm-hmm. And it's like these other things feel so good. They, they taste so good, if you will, like Netflix, Facebook, Instagram, hanging out, drinking, all these things that are like not necessarily bad, you know, but they're just... They're so life-giving and then you go to church and it's just not as life-giving. Mm. It's just not as satisfying and, and, and you, you can't come to the term of like, I'm just gonna go all in and, and let go of everything of the world because you look at what all in would be and you think that it's just gonna be more of the one thing that doesn't really satisfy you. 
which is this like yeah. lifestyle of church or whatever small groups and and you're like that's just not for me like I don't get enjoyment from that there's a reason why like a lot of guys that go to church get really 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 excited you ever seen like guys that love football and then and then like their team is playing and then their team's winning Mm -hmm. you ever seen them yell at a tv and like no one can hear them that team can't hear them that team never will know that they were cheering for them um but they're like so passionate and full of all these emotions because they're watching this thing that they love and then you go to church and you ask them to say amen or shout hallelujah and they're reserved you get nothing you know you get nothing out of them and and it's not because they don't love the lord it's just they don't love the lord with all their heart they love they love net they they love nfl that team with more of their heart than really they love the lord um and it's because they've experienced satisfaction you know there that they haven't with the lord and my my like encouragement would be that you need to decide satisfaction aside mm-hmm. who are you going to be because if you're doing everything for a feeling and this is what I, this is this is what's taken me 5 years to learn and I'm still learning if you're doing everything for a feeling man dude how the how the devil works mm. around feelings mm. feelings can be up and down and left and right and all over the place and man if your life is governed by how you feel and what how stuff makes you feel man being a christian is the worst idea for you um, being, being, being Christian is going to be the, the absolute worst thing. Um, so you need to decide, am I going to be a follower of Christ or not? And when you decide that it needs to go without saying that it's feelings aside, it's yeah. satisfaction aside. You're, you're choosing to put yourself in a position where the flesh dies Um, And here's where the learning starts. Mm. You know how Jesus says in John 3, you get reborn? Yeah. Well, that's the really hard part because you've lived and now you're going to die and now you're going to be reborn, which means that your tendencies, mentalities, paradigms, old habits are now going to be at war with this new mentality, new mindset, new habits that are wanting to be built and now you have this struggle of your spirit and your carnality waging war and you're gonna have to remind yourself every day the decision that you made to die literally that I'm choosing to not be satisfied in my flesh but actually live for Jesus because I believe that even though I don't feel it right now that everything Jesus has to offer me is so much more than what the world does and I'll tell you the more you put that into discipline the more that happens the less the things of the world taste good and at that point it's not like you're half in half out you find yourself just walking away from the world slowly one step at a time one day at a time you walk further and further and further away from the desires of the world and those things of the flesh they start tasting like dust in your mouth because all of a sudden this spirit that was born again is growing up you know and you're learning new things you have new habits now you have a new mentality now but it requires the old habits and the old mentality to die you know 
that's Paul's thing, you know, Romans 6, 7, and 8. So I'd encourage anybody to read Romans 6, 7, and 8. Read Paul's struggle. Read his way of explaining this. I do what I hate, and I don't do what I know I should. And mm. You know, and like, read that, but then read how he ends it in Romans 8. For we know that nothing could separate us from the love of God. You know, neither the will of man nor the will of angels or demons. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we don't have to do this alone. He is literally on our side fighting for us. Yeah, that's the best thing to really internalize and definitely something I've internalized the past few months. Like, he is for me. He loves me. He's, he wants me to, to flourish. You yeah. know? He wants me to succeed. He, he loves me so much. And, uh, you know, he wants more of me. It's incredible. Dude, this is the easiest interview I've ever done. <laughs> so, you know, into that, you know, who you follow is so important. You know, we, we follow Christ, but also, you know, there's a lot of worldly things that we follow, whether we know it or not. So I want to ask you, like, who, who, when you were younger, were you influenced by? Um, and then right now, who, who are you looking to for guidance or maybe help helping? To develop and grow you personally so you can fulfill you know your mission yeah um well, dude when i was younger i was um really influenced by a couple like musicians and artists and stuff there's this guy his name's jason upton he's not super well known like your hillsong and elevation or bethel type of a name um but he had this like unique style about him and he still does there's kind of really no one that's um sounded like him if you will like his style of worship music was extremely heartfelt not really corporate you know it wasn't like you know you, you hear a Hillsong song and you're just like I need to sing it you know it just like pulls a song out of you and you end up singing with mm -hmm. this whole crowd of people uh, Jason's stuff made you think mm. you know you, you never really sang along with it as much as you really thought and prayed like introspective it was introspective and it was a lot of like singing like like kind of how david would write a psalm and like sing out his heart and his frustration but then also like end in this beautiful place of giving the lord um blessing anyway irregardless mm. of the pain it's kind of like some of jason's stuff would do that it would it would be like god like i remember this one song that i loved and it was um uh, I'm tired of giving you my heart and taking it back again. I'm tired of saying that I'll follow you and then choosing not to. Help me pray. Help me understand how to give you my life. You know, like that kind of a concept. And, and, and I remember like hearing these, you know, prayers and songs of Jason and just wanting to be that transparent with God myself, I guess, you know, yeah. as a kid. Um, so when I'd start writing music, you know, like, young kid, 9, 10, 11 years old, I just get on my guitar and um, I would pray. I basically sang, prayed, you know, it, I, I like just gave these like prayers and thoughts to the Lord and just built this transparent lifestyle um, before him, but it wasn't necessarily super corporate. So when I was younger, like 12, 13, 14, and I was actually leading worship here and there at places, um, people like they wouldn't necessarily engage with worship and sing with me they would kind of just 
do kind of what I did with Jason, you know, like they would right. sit down on the ground and start praying and, and being introspective and thinking. And not that that was bad. I, I did need to learn how to like lead a room into a corporate place. But um, yeah, man, Jason was a huge inspiration uh, to me. Now I still like when I need to pray, when I need to like get alone, um, Jason Upton music, his albums are probably one of my go-to um, albums, you know, still to this day, um, kind of a role model. And then, you know, Todd White is a huge um, role model in my life. Him and Dan Moeller, you know, I listened to them for years, um, you know, and just their boldness mm. to just live intentionally and and just give Jesus to everybody all the time, everywhere. You know, and it's like those are absolutes for them. Mm -hmm. Everybody, all the time, everywhere. There is not a rest day. Yeah. There is not a, I need to take a Sabbath. When they take a sabbatical from ministry, they do not stop giving Jesus to everybody, everywhere, all the time. <laughs> you know, that's period, all the time. And I, and I love that about them. So they encourage me. And um, like yeah, you have man. one job. Yeah, yeah, just That's like my one job. Yeah, just the one thing that I can do, you know, that's more important than me breathing. It's giving people Jesus. Mm, so um, good, man. Yeah. So good. So you talked about feelings a bit, and we all have them, right? Um, I want to ask you, when you know you do a lot of things as far as like spreading the word of God, uh, songwriting, singing, uh, preaching, writing you know writing uh your your s speeches what is where is the one place that you feel the most sacred or you feel like the most at peace in you know yeah um probably with my headphones on and just listening to the audio bible mm. i do a lot of traveling so i don't and I've only recently actually had my own place since um, basically a week before I got married. Um, I got married uh, a year ago this Saturday. Congratulations! Thanks, dude. bro. So I've only Good. had, yeah, it's amazing. Um, I've only had, um, I've only had my own place about a year. Um, every for the rest of my life, dude. I've just traveled. You know, it was just my life, being on the road. So having a, and also I was in different cities, different places. So like being a regular like at a Starbucks or being a regular at like mm -hmm. a you, you know like You're stationed um, yeah like I, I wasn't I didn't have that type of life so my my consistent you know sanctified I feel most rested place yeah. because sometimes dude I'm not in my own car I'm not in my own bed I'm you know it's like all these different variables um and you need to learn, you, need, you have to find rest, you know, you yeah. have to. Um, it's just putting on my headphones and uh, putting the audio Bible on, you know, just on. When I was 18 and had that encounter that I told you about earlier and where the Lord like said, hey, Nathan, do you remember anybody's name? I like had this massive encounter with the love of God. And then a couple months later, I said, I just want to memorize the Bible. And I just set out to like okay. try to try to memorize the Bible, and I realized after 30 days of trying to memorize, nothing would stick. Yeah. I couldn't remember anything. Nothing would stick. I just like read it, and it would go in one ear out the other. And I was trying to read it, and the Lord just said, Nathan, just he said to me one day, he said, "Stop trying to memorize me. Start to get to know me." And so I started reading the Bible and listening to the Bible to want to get the heart of Jesus behind each chapter, each book. Who is Jesus in Matthew? You know, who is Jesus 
in Ephesians? Who is Jesus in Romans? And then even more so, who is Jesus in Romans 7? Who's Jesus in Romans 13? That type of thing. And, and just wanting to know Jesus' heart behind each page. Um, not remembering where the verses were so that I could quote them. Mm-hmm. You know, no friend wants to be quoted and memorized. They want to be known, right? Um, a friend would rather you know what kind of decision they would make than quote their statements, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of like what a friend would want. And um, so, man, dude, just I started doing that when I was 18, and I just never stopped, you know? Just listening to the Bible, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll make this example, like last night I was at the gym and um, I kind of like, I thought about putting music on and then, and, and I'm like, I, I'm going to the gym and it's kind of late and I'm tired and I'm thinking like, I, I, I should probably like put some more energe- energetic music, music on, like yeah. So like I go to start thinking through all my music, through all the music that I know and none of it like, something inside of me, not my brain, mm-hmm. it was not my brain. It was something inside. Said, nope, nope, that's that's not what I'm hung like it was almost like I was really hungry and thirsty. Hungry and thirsty, like deprived. And I'm like, that's not what I need, that's not what I need, that's not what I need, that's not what I need. Mm. Then it just came to the audio bible and I was like, Yeah, that's it. And that that's it. How so was I, the experience of working out with the Well, I always do. I always work out with the audio bible on. So but like, like why I, was I even thinking anything different? Well, I just thought, you know, I'm like I'm like I'd never go to the gym at night. You know, I'm tired. I worked all day. You know, maybe maybe I could just play some music and just mm-hmm. like, you know, <clears throat> get hyped up, but my soul wouldn't be wouldn't be satisfied. Like, yeah, I, I would have been more energetic, sure, maybe. Yeah. But there was something that mattered more inside, yeah. something that was hungrier inside. And it's like that lifestyle builds and builds and builds and builds, and then all of a sudden you just can't shake it. Yeah, it's like the consistency of doing that. We all have free will, so we all have decisions, right? You could have easily chose pump up music in the time, or, you know. Yeah. So it's just uh, almost it, training yourself. It can't be legalistic either. It can't be like, oh, mm. Nathan has a relationship with God like this, X, Y, and Z, because he does A, B, and C. So if I do A, B, and C, I can have a relationship with God X, Y, Z. That's legalistic. Yeah. That's obligation, and and it's it's what it's called. It, what what it is is it's sacrifice. And Jesus said, obedience is greater than sacrifice. For you, your A, B, and C is going to be totally different than mine. It's going to be you know, E, F, G. It'll be different because what you need to sacrifice out of obedience is different than what I needed to sacrifice yeah. out of obedience. So good. It's just like comparing your walk to someone else's walk. Yes. We have the same destination. Yeah. yeah, you do want a relationship with God like me, X, Y, Z. You, you want one that's like, you know, like Paul says, imitate me the way I imitate Christ. You know, like I, I pray, I worship, I, I preach the gospel. Like, yeah, do those things. But the way you're going to get there is going to be a different way mm. because your struggles are going to be different than mine and where God's going to want to work on your weaknesses in is going to be different than mine because honestly for you you know maybe reading the Bible that's easy for you to do but praying for 30 minutes 45 minutes maybe that's hard you know or whatever fill in Mm -hmm. the blank so yeah man I just always encourage people to do things not out of legalism not out of obligation do things because you want to if you're going to listen to the audio bible do it because you want to Um, 
yes, it's, there is an element of discipline. There is an element of like, I know I need to eat greens and I know I need to eat fruit and you know, like I know I need to eat clean and you do need to discipline, but man, don't make your relationship with God a system. It can't be man. Cause then you'll miss him completely mm. and you'll have all this Bible in your head. You'll have all these worship songs in your head, but you'll be so far from him that guess what starts happening? Because he's, he's the only one that can satisfy. Well, you get angry, but remember, he's the only one that can satisfy. Not worship music, not the Bible. Remember, it's the Bible in, it's Jesus, the Bible. It's not like the words of the Bible. So it's not that it's, it's the, it's the living word Hmm. that satisfies you. That's the bread, the living word, not just the word. Yeah. It's the living word. So here's what's crazy. If you get just the word and it's not alive, it's not living. It's not like you're, there's no relationship there. You're putting all this stale bread in that you can't digest. And all of a sudden you're not satisfied. So what do you do? You do what the Israelites did. You turn back to Egypt Mm. and you start rejecting God in in the desert and you say, Hey, I liked it better when I was in Egypt. Yeah, I was a slave, but I had better food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was a slave, but the parties were better. So then all of a sudden, that's when you find yourself half in, half out, because you are doing the things you know you should, but they're not satisfying you. Yeah, so good. And the problem is you're doing the things you know you should. You're not doing the things with the one you know you should be doing it with. Uh You're not doing it with him. It needs to be with Jesus. And just that that motive. I just keep going back to what's your motive. What is your motive? It has to be because of him. Dude, sometimes God will tell you not to read the Bible because you'll be so systematic with it. He'll tell you to go on a walk for 30 minutes to just think about him. And he'll be able to reveal himself to you more because you won't have the barriers. You won't have the, um, you know, all these things that are like you're used to your, your brain is used to setting up when you're sitting down at your table reading the Bible. Yeah. You know, but when you go out on a walk and you just meditate on his goodness, all of a sudden the noise gets quieted and you can hear his voice piercing through. Amazing, dude. Yeah, dude. So tell me some things, some exciting things about the collective. We heard about, you know, where it originated and what it is, which is a blessing, right? South Florida, not only South Florida, man, I don't want to minimize South Florida because, you know, this is the living word of God and it's alive everywhere. You know, I do believe the collection or the collective is like making waves, right? And so, so tell me some exciting things that are happening like in this present moment with the collective. Dude, we're seeing a lot of, um, just a lot of breakthrough, man. There's just a lot of people coming from different types of denominations, the charismatic kinds and the, the less charismatic kinds, um, all one and the same, just kind of encountering Jesus. It's like, um, I'm watching people that come in with all these belief systems and it almost seems like they're heavy. It's almost, it almost seems like they're wearing, they're wearing heavy clothes. Mm. And it's like we're seeing in the room, in the meetings, just truth being presented, right? And it's truth that, that destroys the yoke of bondage. So it's like all of a sudden the truth is just like lifting the heaviness. It's like all of a sudden the heaviness is going and you have these people that have always wanted to love the Lord with all their heart, but there's part of them that just couldn't you know maybe they had questions maybe they had doubts or whatever but then all of a sudden it's not like the questions and doubts are getting answered it's like the truth of just who Jesus is and who they are is just getting presented and it's just lifting their need Mm. 
to have these lofty questions and mm. things answered. Mm. You know, it's like, hey, actually, I don't really actually care yeah. that I don't know it's the answer no to that. Important anymore. It's not as important. Yeah, 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 it's just not. So, man, I'm just watching a lot of that happen, and we're watching a whole generation of people get hungry to pray, um, and they're just coming to our pre-service prayer and. They're just coming in to pray. And for me, that's a big deal. Like for me, it's a really big deal to, cause like our whole generation loves to sing songs and we go to the Bethel worship nights. We go to the Hillsong elevation worship nights, whatever. And we can sing worship songs for two hours, but we can't pray for 20, 30 minutes, mm. you know? And so to watch a bunch of these young people just come into a space where they pray for an hour, hour and a half, um, and just learn how to do that, man so encouraging incredible man well I fully support the collective man I'm excited to uh, continue to participate and see how I can get plugged in um, you know it's, it's been it's exciting I'm excited I'm so excited to watch this thing unravel in the way that it does yeah. right yeah. and in the, in the, in just the moves that are going to happen because of this and your your obedience you know it's a so, with that being said, I actually got you something. Oh, wow. I told you before, like, I engrave <laughs> necklaces. So, uh, you know, this is all about wearing something that you represent or you stand behind. Uh -huh. So, I created one that says The Collective. No way. What? What? This is amazing. Thanks, bro. Yeah, man. I love it. I love this. That's so great. Dude, I found this shirt. I found this um, shirt yesterday that said The Collective on it. Uh, from Buffalo, from New York City, and I, I, I loved it, so I, I sent a picture to our like media team, and I was like, we should make shirts like this, and then I'm like walking down through the store, or later, and I found found a hat that said The Collective oh, that, on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I just got New this York, yesterday, man. yeah, yeah, so it's not The Collective here, but um, I, I, I love it, dude, Sick, this is awesome, man. bro, this is like a one of a kind, yeah, man, love you. it, bro, rock it, man, appreciate it, man, yeah, absolutely, absolutely will, absolutely will, good, man. You have my word. This is a space you ought to experience. The energy in it is extraordinary. Join Nathan and the Collective Fam Tuesday nights at Bridge Church in West Palm Beach for a truly unique and personal encounter with the living God. As always, thanks for listening to Convos with God. I love sitting down with people who are making a true impact and changing the lives of the people around them. My hope is that you're impacted or moved in some way with this podcast. And if you would like a necklace to inspire you or to wear what you represent, let me know. Go to ozziesworld.com to check them out, or you can always text me at 561-379-5910. Next week, I sit down with Ashley Warfel to talk about relationships and how to have a successful, godly marriage. Ashley has immersed herself in biblical truths that have aligned herself with exactly what it looks like to get ready for and be in a flourishing relationship. Hit that subscribe button so you can receive a notification when it comes out. Until then, remember to stay calm, have faith, listen to God's word, and the rest will fall into place.